It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe and into the fantasy football playoffs, welcome! To the two-point stance, powered by FantasyPoints.com. I'm Brian Drake, your host, joined as always by the managing editor of FantasyPoints.com, Mr. Joe Dolan. Joe, buddy, it's playoff season, week 15. How you feeling? You got some squads ready to fight for championships? Oh, for sure, Drake. Um, We got some some uh, underdog teams that advanced. You know, it was nice. And they do the, uh, they do the, I guess they do the tiered payout. So you actually get your payout for each round that you advanced and then so that was nice to have come in and you know I finished uh in a few leagues a handful of leagues with with the top score which is a nice payout that I don't have to worry about man when I'm I'm seven and seven in a league where I have the highest score and the fact that I got a $500 payout for that is nice uh a a nice little uh consolation for the bad luck I've had but nonetheless I'm in the playoffs and have an opportunity here to to make some noise I hope you're doing well and you're in in some playoffs as well absolutely and of course the listeners the most important folks out there cheers to you guys as you listen to this uh, on the weekend prepping for your lineups we've got games Thursday we got games Saturday Sunday Monday it's a whole weekend spread out where you can avoid your wife and kids and girlfriend and whoever and just focus on the fantasy football playoffs the way the good Lord intended it. So what we do here on the two-point stance, as always, we bounce around the NFL. We talk about every single game and the fantasy impact, and we pick out nuggets from all the great work that the content creators at Fantasy Points put out. We give the highlights to you guys so you can make informed decisions uh, going into week 15. Let's start, Joe. With the Minnesota Vikings at Cincinnati Bengals. Vikings, they pulled the plug on Josh Dobbs. They're now going with Nick Mullins at quarterback. And Mullins should have Justin Jefferson back, who left Sunday's game with a chest injury. But, Joe, I can't believe I'm saying this. The guy that millions of people selected 101 overall in fantasy drafts. Can you trust Justin Jefferson this week in the fantasy playoffs? Well, I will say this. The Bengals uh, give up a significant – they're actually giving up – um, according to our, our schedule adjusted fantasy points per game, they're giving up the fourth most uh, 5.2 fantasy points per game above uh, above expectation for schedule adjusted to slot receivers. I wonder if this is just a really good week for Nick Mullins to attack, attack the middle of the field. Look, if I have Justin Jefferson, I'm playing him. I, I, I was playing him whether it was Josh Dobbs. If you survived and managed to get through the fact that not only did he miss half the season, but also the fact that he only played basically a quarter of last week. I am going back to the well with Nick Mullins uh, and, and J- Justin Jefferson this week. I am going back for it. Um, remember, that Nick Mullins is a guy, Drake, he started 17 games in the NFL. So mm-hmm. he's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but he has some experience. He's probably a Trevor Simeon type. So there's, there isn't. This isn't an unknown here. This isn't like if they went with Jaron Hall. This is a guy who knows how to play in the league. And, you know, I think Cincinnati can be exploited over the middle of the field. So I think Nick Mullins, and by the way, I picked him up in a super flex league where I lost Justin Herbert. I preferred Nick Mullins to Easton Stick. 
Um, obviously, with the Keenan Allen issue, um, we'll get to that. Uh, well, honestly, no, we're not because uh, we're recording this on <laughs> Thursday, right before Easton Stick plays. So you already know how the Easton Stick experiment went. Maybe I've, maybe I'll look freaking stupid. Uh, and and uh, Easton Stick will will have uh, lit lit it up. But uh, no, I picked up Nick Mullins over Easton Stick, and I, I feel pretty good about that in the moment right now. Elsewhere in that Vikings Bengals game, there's a chance, and this doesn't happen often, that you can go to the waiver wire and pick up a running back to plug in and start in the fantasy playoffs. And his name is Ty Chandler, with Alexander Madison not practicing yet this week. It looks like he's probably not going to play, Joe. So you got Ty Chandler. Guy had uh, 12 rushing attempts last week. He ran 22 routes. I mean, they're plugging him in. He's the starter. I mean, you're going to get probably, I'd say, middle-of-the-road RB2 production from him. Uh, yeah, I would think that's entirely possible in this game. And also, uh, in terms of another um, an, another running back, Drake, I don't know if you heard uh, what we talked about on the uh, on the Waiver Wire podcast earlier this week, me and Prolly. I think there's a chance Chase Brown is next mm -hmm. year is next year's Rashad White, just a guy who's who's ADP just gets continually juiced up. So there's another guy out there. Ty Chandler's probably picked up in your league already, but I definitely think Ty Chandler's on the RB two radar, no doubt about it. Yeah, you guys do a great job with that waiver wire show. I listen every single week, and you're talking about the Bengals, Chase Brown. If you've got any other Bengals, you know you're keeping it going with your boy Jake Browning. Uh, you're going to run out Chase Higgins, Mixon. But, guys, this Vikings defense is legit. Since week six, the Minnesota D has the second-best DVOA of any team in the league. Uh, so if you're actually in need of a streamer out there, Minnesota's put the, uh, some points up the last few weeks. Not bad. And they shut out uh, Aiden O'Connell last week. And Jake Browning's been pretty impressive. Uh, but I, I feel like Brian Flores is going to be licking his chops to get after Jake Brown Browning this week. It's a good spot to crowbar this in. I know we like to go game by game, but a general overview. You mentioned that you're picking up Nick Mullins in the league. We just mentioned Browning. You know, teams lost Justin Herbert this weekend going into the playoffs. So maybe you're scrambling for a quarterback. Just a general overview of some of the QBs you might like to pick up if they're on the waiver wire. It's Friday, Saturday, whenever people are listening to this, and I got to get a quarterback in to my lineup because I lost Herbert. You mean which one do I prefer for this yeah. week alone for somebody who's out like? there on the waiver wire? Okay. Um, I would say Joe Flacco is probably the best option given like he's played well and he has the most experience. The problem with Joe Flacco, though, uh, Drake, is the fact that their offensive line is a complete disaster. Um, mm -hmm. Browning has the really difficult matchup this week, um, but he's also played pretty well. Um, I feel like Browning is probably the best option. And then I'd go, and then I'd go to Mullins. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about Tommy DeVito. Like, I don't know how much I'm buying into that. I definitely, um, obviously I already mentioned, you know, how Easton stick played last night, but I had him buried on my rankings. So I think, I think it goes Flacco Browning Mullins of like the total scrubs out there on the waiver wire. I'm going to throw this out there and it'll probably burn me. I'm looking at our fantasy points data, our offensive defensive line metrics, the number six team in terms of best pass grade for the week, the Atlanta Falcons, Desmond Ritter. I got a feeling against these awful Panthers might get something done with his legs. He finds his weapons out there. It, if you're dying, defense, out there, though, the Panthers, man, the Panthers defense, I feel like it's, 
it's better than people think it is because their offense has been so bad. I, we'll get to oh, that game, but I mean, we don't need so, to talk. We don't need to talk much about that game, of course. <laughs> no. All right, let's keep it moving here. Uh, Brawley's Pittsburgh Steelers. They're on the road in Indianapolis. This is, again, another Saturday game. I love the triple header Saturday. Now, this game, Joe, I think could go off the rails and be super fun if you're like at the mall and you're having a beer somewhere and you just kind of pop in. The Steelers are going to roll with Mitchapalooza, so you know, light a candle, say a prayer. But these running backs, Jalen Warren hasn't done anything in three weeks. In a half-point PPR, he scored 6, 6, and 5.7 over that span. Najee, mm-hmm. he's getting all kinds of work. 12 and 16 carries the last two games, along with three receptions in each. But that hasn't materialized in much. The Colts, though, they give up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. So somebody's got to come through, Joe, you think. Uh, you would think, um, but the thing with Mitchell Trubisky, you wonder, are, are they going to, is Mason Rudolph going to get some looks here? Um, oh, oh boy, dude, I, I don't know. It, it, you think somebody's going to produce here. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris were brutal last week. Fortunately, Deontay scores and then goes over his prop on like the second to last play of the game. But this is a brutal football team right now, Pittsburgh with Mitchell Trubisky. And if you were wondering, can Kenny Pickett, can Mitchell Trubisky be worse than Kenny Pickett? The answer is yes. Yes, he can be. <laughs> Just terrible. Uh, I remember these those games on Saturday. We have, the, including the Thursday night game, we have three games to kick off the slate in which neither team has its starting quarterback from week one. Wow. Literally all six teams. So Thursday night, obviously, as you saw last night, Aiden O'Connell and Easton Stick. Then, as we just talked about, Nick Mullins um, is, is going up there against Jake Browning. And then we have Mitchell Trubisky going against Gardner Minshew. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's enough to make you want to watch an NBA game. All right. That, that's a stretch. No one wants to watch the NBA. I like, I like what's wrong with the NBA? No, this, what's wrong yeah, with the I, NBA? You're a Philly Sixers fan, so at least yeah, you're I'm kind a of fan. interesting. Well, I mean, uh, if, yeah, you're a general at the end sports of the season, fan. Yeah, no, I know. Draymond Green's out there swinging at people. That's what I thought, not to go off on a tangent here, but people are like, you can't suspend Draymond for 10 games, 20 games, whatever. I thought, who cares? No one pays attention to the NBA until May anyways. Show back up then. Nobody cares. Nobody knows who plays in the NBA right now. But I, I digress. Yeah. Back to the NFL, Joe. How about for the Colts? Another big usage week for Zach Moss. We talked about it a week ago that he got all the usage, but he dudded out two weeks ago. Last week, same thing. 13 carries, just 28 yards, eight targets, four for 28 there. He hasn't topped eight uh, points in a half PPR since Jonathan Taylor went down. But you I mean, got to keep plugging him in. You got to. I don't know how you don't. I don't know how you don't. And, and by the way, we're going to have some guys who might end up being questionable a little bit later in the week. You know, Devon Achan doesn't play until Sunday. He's dealing with a toe injury. You know, you might have it, what's going on with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones for the Packers and their injuries. So yeah, I, I don't know how you sit a guy who's going to get another 20 touches. I, I think you just have to suck it up. I hear you. One other note from this game, Josh Downs. He was a popular pickup late in the season. He's been battling a knee injury for most of the year, which a lot of people are talking about, but he's been almost unstartable lately. Three catches. In his last two games, they're kind of getting Alec Pierce and their 85 tight ends going a lot more there. If I'm in the playoffs and it, you know it's winner go home, I don't know if I can start Josh Downs this week. 
I have to start him in a desperation spot where I lost Keenan Allen, and and it is what it is. The maybe one thing that helps is the fact that uh, Michael Pittman's probably going to catch a shadow from Joey Porter Jr. in this game. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. from weeks nine to thirteen, he followed four different receivers on seventy-five or more percent of their routes. DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, and Marquise Brown. In his primary coverage, he held those four receivers to a combined 87 yards on seven catches. Combined. Wow. Yeesh. So, okay. I mean, I don't think I'm, – I'm not saying Porter's right up there with prime Patrick Peterson, but, mm-hmm. you know, the Steelers trust him as a big-time receiver, and I wonder if Downs might get more targets because of that. Rolling on, the Denver Broncos. Kind of a surprise team turning it around here. They're going to go up to Detroit. A Lions team that I think is trying to find itself a little bit after, you know, obviously starting the season so hot, the Saturday night game. Javante Williams, he scored, baby. Hooray. I love it. Uh, I'm looking over here at Tom Brawley's, uh, or excuse me, this is Graham Barfield's stardom sit him. He's got him in the flex play. He's saying you could start him. I want to get your opinion on this. The Lions are holding the opposing ground games, Barfield says, to 3.51 yards per carry, the sixth fewest in the league. Now, you're going to get a lot of volume from Javante. But, again, win or go home. I got this decision right now in a flex spot. Do I play Javante or maybe a more upside receiver? Probably I'd go with the more upside receiver if if I need him. Javante is like just empty calories he needs to score, I feel like. And, well, maybe this game is high scoring because uh, Detroit, I I guess people expect Detroit to score. But I I didn't draft Javante anywhere this year, and I I just don't regret it. He's just been kind of like one of those meh guys to me, like a Sean Green, you know, just like if if he's not scoring, he's not getting anything for you uh, in in this offense. Hopefully we get a bounce back spot from Amon Ra, really – Poor oh. game a week ago, but you know, again, that that's a guy you have in there every oh, single dude. week. And the Bron- Broncos defense has allowed the second fewest schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing slot receivers over the last. Oh, five weeks. oh you're killing and, me! I, mean, I got him on raw. I need him on raw. Um, now look, what are you going to do? You can't sit him. Yep. But like, I mean, after coming off his two worst games of the year, and then this spot—that's pretty brutal, man. I, I mean, I, and the. The Lions, they have offensive line injuries with Frank Ragnow and Halapulavati Vitae. The Lion offense is just like there's some cracks in the armor right now. Jared Goff didn't play well last mm-hmm. week. There, there are just some cracks in the armor right now. I've got my big home league where I'm the commissioner, all my college buddies. My three receivers that I start in that league are Amon Ra St. Brown, Keenan Allen, and Nico Collins. Oh, Kick man, you me gotta... right in the balls. You hit. You had a great season up until now. <laughs> yeah, we're going, up until we're now bench, is key. Though. Zay um, Flowers, DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, I'm going to light a candle and say a prayer for maybe Demario Douglas to get in there. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty rough right there, Drake. Uh, yeah. I want to throw so a drinking already. out to you. Did you listen? I don't know. You're a big Fantasy Points podcast listener. Did you listen to the uh, Market Report podcast? And I brought this up on the Fantasy Feast with Ross Tucker as well this week. I have not heard this. What's going on? Oh, you're going to love this. I want you to pull up the stats. Okay. The career stats for Jerry Judy. And I want you to pull up the career stats for Nelson Aguilar. And (laughs) tell me the difference between the two. Tell me. Let me see if I can, uh, how fast I can pull pull this guy up. Are they, I'm going to say that. Nelson Aguilar is probably better at this point. Um, I think Judy's last year was better than any of Aguilar's seasons. 
but Aguilar has had multiple seasons better than Judy's other seasons. I mean, Jerry Judy's best season was 2022 when he caught 100 balls for 972 and six touchdowns. That's 67 because the 100 was the targets. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, 67 for 972 and six. Yeah, I mean, he's never caught 70 balls. Very similar to Aguilar the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. He had 62 for 768 and eight. Remember, he was a really good Mm -hmm. wide receiver three that year. Judy hasn't had a single top 25 wide receiver week this week, this year. I'm done with getting fooled on him, man. And if I get burned, then so be it. I got the year Aguilar broke out, and I was not in on Aguilar. He had burned me the two previous years, whatever. He had a great year, good for Nelson Aguilar. Um, but then Nelson Aguilar, uh, Drake, he had that year with the Raiders a few years back where he averaged 19 yards a catch and scored eight touchdowns. That's similar to Judy's rookie year, except with more touchdowns. Nelson Aguilar is a better fantasy receiver for his career. A guy who is a meme for dropping footballs is a better fantasy receiver than Jerry Judy. Uh, and that it's a provable fact. The best ever was the guy who was, I think he caught a baby or something. Well, that, well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like the unlike Aguilar guy. Literally unlike like, Aguilar. He looks side eye at the camera. Face, that guy's face is just, uh, that. that's amazing. Social media is terrible for so many reasons, but the fact mm-hmm. that I, a, a guy completely unrelated to Nelson Aguilar, you could just look at his face and you're like, oh yeah, that's the guy who thought Nelson Aguilar sucked. After saving a baby's life, <laughs> the best. Oh man, uh, uh, Eagle fans, but you know we, we're we're a fun bunch. Atlanta Falcons, they're uh, playing on Sunday. We'll get into that slate against the Carolina Panthers. Panthers stink. Start the Atlanta defense, but ha- if you have to start a Panther, let me tell you about Chuba Hubbard. Assuming he's healthy, our boy Scott Barrett dug this up in his everything report. Carolina ranks as the league's most run-heavy offense over the last four weeks, and four of Chuba Hubbard's five best volume games, measured by XFP, it's expected fantasy points, have come in games where O.C. Thomas Brown was calling the plays. So if he's healthy, Joe, we might have something here with Chuba Hubbard this week. Yeah, I think we do. Um, uh, And look, I think it's probably on the low-end RB2, but if there's any Panther you're starting, this is the guy. Um, They... I don't think either Adam Thielen or Jonathan Mingo is going to catch an AJ Terrell shadow. Terrell did a great job on Mike Evans last week, but I, I mean, it's really just one guy for me. It's Chuba Hubbard and I'm not terribly excited to start him. either. Obviously you're starting uh Bijan. You're going to start Drake London. Who's very good and talented. What about Kyle Pitts scored last week? You know, kind of everyone can kind of turn their hand. Oh my God, Kyle Pitts. He still plays football. Forget can you go it. back to the well two weeks in a row? I mean, the only t- the only way I'm doing is if I'm just playing musical chairs at tight end, and but I, I I've done I've been done trying to figure out Kyle Pitts all year. It I I just don't think Drake. This is a guy that I want to go to the dance with here. I it it's so it's it, like if he doesn't score, he's not coming through for you, and that's a really bad spot, man. That that that's just that's the worst. And by the way, Carolina is third over on the season, giving up the third fewest schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to tight ends. There you go. That's so, the kind of nuggets you come here for, folks. Um, also, it's a tough spot for Drake uh, for Drake London because J.C. Horn's been back. Um, very small sample size alert, and I mean this, very small sample size alert. But in the 14 routes that Drake London has run across from J.C. Horn in his career, he has not caught a pass. Again, small sample alert, but just throwing that out there. There you go. I love it. 
Joe writes the mismatch report over at fantasypoints.com. Make sure you go check that out. It's all posted. It's the feature article right now at fantasypoints.com. Chicago Bears, the resurgent Bears, our Bears. I don't know. They're, they're not my Bears. The defense is playing okay. They're on the road at the Cleveland Browns. Justin Fields averaged 28.7 DraftKings points over his last four games up against opponents not named the Minnesota Vikings. This is from Jake Tribby's DFS early look. Fields averages 23.4 DraftKings points per game and 8.2 rushing points per game against teams that rank in the top 12 in man coverage. Well, uh, that's almost as good or a better than Dak Prescott on the season. So if you find a team that's going to play a bunch of man, play Justin Fields. And I think if you're streaming them this week, Joe, you might have a, a couple of good fantasy points fall into your stocking. Uh, I mean, Justin Fields is not a streamer anymore. He's a weekly starter. Look at the state of the quarterback position. His 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 numbers are, are up there, but he's also putting up just like his numbers are up there, but also you have to look at the other quarterbacks who are out there. We just talked about earlier in the podcast, Nick Mullins, Joe Flacco, you know, Gardner Minshew. Which of these guys are you preferring to start? Yeah, just, it, Justin Fields is like a top six weekly option right now not just because of the numbers he's putting up, but because of the numbers um, that the other quarterbacks aren't putting up because of how many of them are hurt. And then you look at the fact, how many guys in the Cleveland uh, defense are injured? Okoronkwo, he's going to be out with the pec injury. Grant Delpit uh, is injured. Denzel Ward has been banged up. Juan Thornhill is injured. So this is a banged up Cleveland defense. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Justin Fields puts up some numbers. Well, he could turn around and hand the ball to Deonta Foreman. He proved that he can be a lead back. We spoke a week ago about this kind of ugly three-headed monster uh, in Chicago. He played the most snaps of any of the the three running backs, he being Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert, the other two. 37 snaps, 11 rushing attempts, which was the most of any of the backs. I mean, I think it's Deonta Foreman. He's the guy they're going to turn around and hand the ball to if they got to give it to anybody not named Justin Fields. Yeah, but of course, if they're playing from behind, then what are the uh, what are the odds that Rashawn Johnson has the bigger role? And you know, they obviously were a surprise team playing from ahead against the Lions last week, but they are three point underdogs this week against the Browns. So does Rashawn Johnson get more work if they're playing from behind? I think probably a little bit. But if I'm playing any of them, you're 100 percent right. I'm not going to speculate with Rashawn Johnson. It has to be Deontay Foreman. Joe Flacco could be a little fantasy plug and play for a lot of you guys out there. Old uh, Mr. Blue Hen himself comes out of here. He's slinging it all over the place. If you got to start him, Joe, how confident are you in, a, in Joe Flacco getting you on to round two? I think he's a middle, middle of the road quarterback, too. Here's the good news with our trench metrics, which measure offensive line versus defensive line and pass rush, the Browns have our number two pass grade of the week. The bad news is they just lost Dewan Jones to a knee injury for the season. Um, Jones was already their backup right tackle um, for Jack Conklin, who got hurt early in the year. Jones has been fantastic. Jedrick Wills is still out. So they're down to their third string right tackle and their backup left tackle. For a guy like Joe Flacco, who not necessarily known for his mobility. I'm a little concerned about that. And the Bears pass rush, while not fearsome by any stretch of the imagination, has certainly been better uh, since they traded for Montez Sweat. And their Mm -hmm. highest quarterback pressure rate over expectation of the year came last week against Jared Goff. So I think it's probably a little bit worse matchup than it looks on paper for Joe Flacco. 
you, it's almost like you stole my notes. I had written down here to say next since they got sweat in week nine, they are tops in the league in pressure rate. They're the lowest passer rating and the most picks of any defense in the NFL. So could you stream the bears this week? Hmm, Absolutely. You never know. Absolutely. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going on. This is what old Chris Berman would say. The Bay of pigs, Tampa Bay at green Bay. What a season for Rashad white. He is just unbelievable. He's a top five running back in PPR. Just a, a really good story. Shout out to our guy, John Hansen, who was really touting him all preseason long. Uh, watch out for Chris Godwin. He's popped up. It hasn't been practicing much. I wonder if he plays this week, Joe. Uh, and, and if he doesn't, you know, I, I'm not really looking to pick up any of those other little answery, ancillary Trey Palmer yeah. type guys. So here's the deal. It's a great matchup for Rashad White. It's a collapsing Green Bay front seven against the run. It's allowed its four worst games in terms of yards before contact per rush attempt in each in the last five weeks. All four of their worst games came. And the only game below that threshold and below 100 non-scramble rush yards came against the incompetent Charger run game. We know how bad that run game is. Meanwhile, they allowed their season high in non-scramble rush yards. Excuse me, their second most non-scramble rush yards to the Giants last week, including the most yards before contact per attempt. Their run defense has been a sieve, and Rashad White has two 100-yard games in his last three on the ground. He's angling for another one here against Green Bay. News came out on Thursday that A.J. Dillon has a thumb injury, so there's a chance he might not play this week. Maybe we get Aaron Jones back. He's logged a few limited practices this week, but I mean, I can't trust Aaron Jones in the playoffs, you know, with a, a knee I'm and a hamstring. You can't. I mean, it's yeah. just. I'd probably play him over like Chuba Hubbard if if Aaron, if AJ Dillon doesn't play, just because mm-hmm. of like perceived upside. But yeah, it's not easy to trust him. But I would I would trust him over like a scrub like Chuba Hubbard or somebody like that. But it, not not a fun decision to have to make. If you've got to play anybody. On the Green Bay side, it's got to be Jaden Reed. Boy, that kid looks good. He's scoring on the ground. They gave him like four carries last week. He's a real playmaker out there. Yeah, uh, of course, eight catches, and he doesn't reach like a 37-yard prop. Are you kidding me? Uh, (laughs) Uh, So by the pass rush metrics, this is a bad matchup for the Buccaneers pass game. But I should probably point out that last week, the Packers are coming off their highest quarterback pressure rate over expectation of the entire year and didn't sack Tommy DeVito once. So they hey, got after him, with him and, didn't, on him, huh? and didn't sack him a single time. Uh, kind of kind of wild, but uh, I still think this is a good matchup to get after Baker Mayfield for the Packers. So, um, yeah, I'm with, uh, I, I think it's a game on the ground for the Buccaneers and, uh, and, all, and through the air for Green Bay. The New York football Jets, they're going to go down to Miami, who somehow let a game against the Texans slip away. On Monday night, what we're watching for here, folks, it's Tyreek Hill and it's Devon Achan. For Miami, these two guys have injuries. We, I think that Tyreek Hill with an ankle sprain is still going to play. Achan, I'm not so sure about. He might sit and, boy, doesn't this just be kind of become a thing with him? He's a small guy. That's what we talked about in the pre-draft process. And now he, he keeps getting nicked up week after week. So pay attention, folks. If you got those guys, have a backup ready. Jeff Wilson Jr. could be a deep league sleeper out there. Remember what he did on Black Friday coming in? 
and helping out when A-Chan couldn't play. Not a great matchup for Tua. It never is when you play against these Jets. What are your thoughts on Miami? Well, I mean, obviously, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are guys you have to start regardless. Um, Tyreek still had 100 yards and a touchdown the last time these two teams played. Tua is a guy who, if you have somebody like a Matthew Stafford this week, you can bench Tua. I know not many people are going to, but you can if you have a decent option. Like, I'd probably bench him for Justin Fields this week um, as well. A-Chan, at this point, Drake, I'm not expecting him to go back-to-back DNPs. Um, fortunately in the one league where I have them, I'm on buy in the other league where I have them. I have Deandre Swift on my bench to plug in. Um, so I'm not sweating that too much, but I don't expect him to go this week against the jets. Maybe Jeff Wilson gets some carries with the dolphins, probably playing from ahead. Who would have thought after a season of doing nothing, Joe Brees hall, when you needed him most would turn in an RB two performance in PPR 26.6 points finished only behind Ezekiel Elliott is there a chance in hell we see this performance again yes only because Zach Wilson's competent enough to check the ball down to Brees Hall um Brees Hall by the way our long national nightmare is over for the first time since week five Brees Hall had a run of 15 or more yards Um, he still hasn't reached 50 rushing yards in like eight weeks so uh but fortunately Zach Wilson does check the ball down to him um unfortunately um, for for the Jets, by our trench metrics, they have our worst run game and pass game matchup of the entire week uh, on offense, which suggests Zach Wilson's probably not going to have the success he had last week. Miami defense could be available in your league. Check it out. Really good streaming option uh, for them. You mentioned Brees Hall and what he's doing in the pass game. Last three weeks, his targets, 9, 8, and 9. It's incredible. That's almost as many mm-hmm. rushing attempts as he has. So yeah, hey. that, that, that's where he's get, that's where he's gotten it done all year, and that's where he's going to have to continue to get it done. All right, the other New York team—they're down in the Big Easy to take on the Saints. And is there a better story anywhere than this Tommy DeVito and his agent? I mean, oh my god, this is just comedic gold writing itself. If you guys saw the Monday Night Game, you saw his Guidoed out agent with the hat and he the. You know, he's got the Italian chain and the, the suit. and He's in the crowd. It's so perfect for this time of year when we're dying for anything new to talk about. Yeah, and I got to be honest. I would think that Tommy DeVito, if his name was Tommy Smith, would be a lot less popular in New York right now because he's essentially tanking their draft position. Um, he's mm-hmm. Look, and he, I think he played well last week against Green Bay. Running around out there, uh, like I said, Green Bay pressured him a lot. And DeVito didn't get sacked. He had 10 carries for 71 yards on the ground. Um, DeVito could be getting some help back this week in the form of Evan Neal, who's been out since November 5th, which is actually the game in which Daniel Jones got hurt. Um, Look, I'm not sure I'm buying the DeVito Palooza, but the Saints pass rush streak doesn't scare me the way our our metrics suggest it should. So I think he's an okay streamer. But like I mentioned at the top of the show, I think Nick Mullins is a better option. Gardner Minshew's a better option. I think Joe Flacco's a better option because DeVito just doesn't have receivers, though he could get Darren Waller back this week. I'm not sure how much that moves the needle for me because Darren Waller's probably just going to get hurt again. (laughs) No question. Take a look at Chris Olave uh, in this game. He's got an ankle injury. and you know He's not practicing much, so just keep an eye on it. Make sure you got somebody just in case. That is a 1 o'clock Sunday game, so you should have other options. Uh, one last thing to circle back on Tommy DeVito for you guys out there dying at quarterback, you know, maybe you lost Herbert or 
You've just been streaming all season. You lost Richardson. You lost Cousins. You know, whatever it is. Tommy DeVito plays the Eagles next week. I 100% would play Tommy DeVito in a pinch against that Eagles secondary because he's probably going to throw for 250 and two against, you know, you and I could do it against the uh, AARP secondary that Philly's rolling out there. Well, but. you know, honestly, Drake, and we'll get to the Eagles. It's like Darius Slay hasn't played poorly at all. It's just that the Eagles are so vulnerable over the middle of the field. They've mm -hmm. got to figure something. We'll get to that game at the end. Uh, maybe they've been sufficiently embarrassed enough the last couple weeks to, uh, to, to, to make some changes there. We'll see uh, with the Eagles. We'll get to that. We'll get to them later in the show, though. Kansas City, they're at the Patriots for a 1 o'clock showdown. Zeke Elliott saw 88% of the team's carries and 29% of the targets in week 14. And holy he saw holy. all of the running back carries. Like, Drake, this is – you have to start him. Oh, yeah. Are they going to – is Kansas City going to come out here mad? Oh, the refs are against us. Oh, jerk yourself off, Patrick Mahomes. And I know he apologized and all that. <laughs> but, like, like, come on. Like, get, what, Drake – was has there been a more obvious penalty in the NFL this year? No, the guy lines up offsides. Everybody in America can see it. They throw the flag before the play, you know, and, and it just so happened. Okay, it, went, it was a crazy play. It went for a touchdown. If that was a four-yard, you know, reception to the sideline and call, nobody would care. No, oh, the guy's no. offside. You know, it, yes, it's so obvious. And it's they not won like the if Super it was Bowl like a because they had a. BS penalty like they also got to the Super Bowl because of a BS penalty against the Bengals like we get it you get a lot of calls like yeah like, enough forget about it and like oh Patrick Mahomes he has to protect his image uh, what I do think for with Patrick Mahomes is it's it's frustration with his shitty receiving core coming coming yeah. home to roost and you know it doesn't look like Pacheco's gonna play he hasn't practiced in each of the first two days of the week I don't think it's gonna matter this week though I know Bailey Zappi picked apart the Steelers Kansas City's gonna eat Bailey Zappi alive you have to play Zeke just because he's like Zach Moss this week like I don't care how inefficient Zach Moss is and has been the last two weeks. He got 25 freaking touches. I'm playing that guy. I'm playing Zeke this week. I'm playing no other Patriots. I'm, the Hunter Henry thing, forget about it. I know uh, Paul Kelly was making fun of Hanson because he dropped him in the ACI and then he scored mm -hmm. two touchdowns. But no, I'm not playing Hunter Henry. Forget about it. Just the Chiefs are going to eat Bailey Zappi alive in this game. That Zeke stat I gave you, that was from Chris Weck's Five Stats to Know article, which you should read every single week. Our guy Jake Tribby came back with this one in his DFS article about Ray She Rice. On a per route basis, Rice is earning targets at a higher rate than Travis Kelsey, CeeDee Lamb, and Mike Evans. And he saw a career high route share last week, 82%. Yeah. So if you got Ray She Rice, I, I think you got to go with him. I mean, Jesus, they have nothing else. We're going to have to All have right. that discussion in the offseason, by the way, with Dynasty and, and especially where we're going to be drafting Rice next year. But we're really going to have to take a deep dive into did Rasheed Rice earn these targets? Ergo, he's going to be the next great fantasy receiver. Or did, did Rasheed Rice earn these targets with the help of the fact that he has no good receivers around him? And that, and yeah, uh, let's give it a few weeks to marinate because the Chiefs are still going to the, uh, to the playoffs and might make a run. But let's just see where, where that argument's going to come in. Come in because I, I I think there's going to be a lot of people in the fantasy community who are on both sides of that argument. Well, there's a lot of argument about which Kansas City running back to play. That's all we wanted to see last week. The snaps between Ceh and McKinnon they were about even. Ceh out carried McKinnon though, eleven to four. But it was Jet McKinnon who scored the rushing touchdown. 
Joe, I'm not sure I really want to start either of these guys because uh, you know they got a score that's over ten points. But McKinnon's I mean, the better player, so I'm playing McKinnon. That's the one. But yeah, it, yeah. I mean, if if you need 15 carries, Ceh will probably get him for you. New England D, they're legit. If you got Kansas City D, you've been sitting on them. They killed you two weeks in a row. These next two weeks is when Kansas City comes back and uh, gives you some redemption. I say that because I start Kansas City in several leagues. I'm trying to talk myself into it. Uh, Pop Douglas, he's back. I don't know if you can trust him with Bailey Zappi, but the game script should be in his favor. He could probably see eight to ten targets. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah, I might. Trust me. I'll let you know how it goes next week. Houston at Tennessee. Everybody's hurt for Houston. Stroud's got a concussion. He's probably not going to play. Dell, we know he's on IR. Nico Collins likely out with the calf. Noah Brown got to scoop him on a couple of waiver wires. So if he's out there, maybe you want to add him. But remember, it's Davis Mills throwing the ball. Um, and, and I mean, we're not 100% certain it's going to be Davis Mills right now. Um, I guess Stroud could clear, but he hasn't practiced the first two week, uh, days. Um, Nico Collins, we'll have to see about him. Da- Look, Davis Mills, Drake, there's there's worse backup quarterbacks in the NFL than Davis Mills. Um, Tennessee is a pass funnel defense. Man, is there going to be some absolute DFS sicko out there stacking Davis Mills and Noah Brown? You're looking at them. I'm all about oh. those wacko lineups. Let's do oh, it. Oh, go out, go out and do it because Tennessee's a pass funnel defense. You know, their rush, their run defense after a midseason swoon has really picked itself back up off the turf. Um, who knows if they're gonna go out with freaking Damian Pierce again running into the back of his lineman last week. Uh, they were obviously playing from behind against the Jets, so Singletary got all the targets. Um, but I, I mean, I don't think unfortunately for Houston, like the, they have suffered injuries at the two spots that they were looking the best at quarterback and receiver. And uh, it, it, it could be pretty brutal this week against uh, a, a surging Tennessee team after a uh, inspiring Monday night win, Drake. Yeah. And speaking of inspiring, how about Derrick Henry turning back the clock? Another two touchdown performance for him. I think he has two touchdowns, what, three straight games? Uh, if my memory serves me correct. Do you roll with King Henry again this week? I think you do. I mean, in DFS, in DFS, like I'm looking at, I'm looking at the numbers. Look, the matchup is tough. The Texans haven't allowed a hundred non-scramble rushing yards in a game since week four. Um, And as expected, they completely stifled the Jets run game last week. 21 carries for 55 rush yards on non-scrambles. Henry has scored two touchdowns in three straight games though. And if Stroud is out, he might be able to get 25 carries for 90 yards and score twice again. So I think Derrick Henry is probably going to be very popular on the DFS slate. Yeah, Derrick Henry over the last three, I tweeted this out at Drake Fantasy. Feel free to give me a follow. Uh, just don't yell at me for my punt or kicker takes. Uh, the last three games, 18.6 carries per game average, six carries inside the five, six touchdowns, and three top 10 PPR finishes. But in the last two games also, he's got a sub-50% snap share, Two of his three lowest route run percentage, and Tajay Spears in the last two mm-hmm. has played 33 more snaps. Houston D allowed zero running backs over 88 yards this year. Uh, elsewhere, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, he's just going to get a million targets. Uh, I'm going to start him this week with some sort of confidence. Uh, I, I looked at our metric tool here, Joe, over at fantasypoints.com, and it seemed to love DeAndre Hopkins' matchup this week. But then I thought, I go, isn't he going up against? Um, you know, uh, sing. What's the, the kid's Eric name? I'm Stingley. blanking on it now. Eric Stingley. Stingley. Yeah. yeah, isn't he going up against Stingley? Like that's not a great matchup. 
No, it, um, I don't think he, Stingley's going to shadow, but like that kid's really talented. So it could be yeah. a little bit of a rougher go of it for DeAndre Hopkins this week, who's more of a wide receiver three for fantasy anyway. But um, they're starting to show a lot of confidence in Will Levis, who clearly has shown plenty of flashes here, Drake. He's, had, he's been up and down, but uh, he might have just played his best game in the NFL last week uh, against the Dolphins. 49ers at the Cardinals, Arizona coming off a bye, and our guy Scott Barrett loves him some Trey McBride. Says, since week eight, Trey McBride, his targets would make him the wide receiver eight. His target share would make him wide receiver seven. I mean, I can go on and on with these things. He's basically a high-end wide receiver, and his DraftKings salary would make him wide receiver 23. Again, he's a tight end, folks. So, Go out, get some Trey McBride in your lineup. Season-long, guys. You had to sit him last week with the bye. Get his ass back in there. Uh, other than that, San Francisco, you're starting everybody. Yeah, this like, is going to be an onslaught. If you want San Francisco discourse about who's to blame or who's, who's to credit, Brock Purdy or Kyle Shanahan or blah, 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 go listen to another NFL podcast because that's all they talk about. On this podcast, yeah. we just tell you, like, you just have to start their five guys, including Purdy, who's a top-12 quarterback. Just, I mean – by the fact that he survived to this point of the season, and and probably more so than that. Uh, on the other side, Drake, the one thing that's interesting here, the Cardinals have our fourth worst rush grade of the week uh, by our trench metrics, which makes sense. You know, they're going up against the Niners, but that's not my biggest concern mm -hmm. with James Conner. The bigger concern with James Conner to me is his role, and that's not something that you often say about James Conner. But in week 14, when the Cardinals led the Steelers from the outset, Connor played 76% of the snaps, his most since week one. But in week 13, when they got blown out by the Rams, he played just 41% of the snaps, while Michael Carter and Amari DiMercato played 60% of the offensive snaps uh, combined from behind. Connor's typical proclivity towards a bell cow roll certainly makes him a hard guy to bench in season-long leagues, but I'm downgrading him to RB2 status given the projected game flow, and I'm certainly uh, not uh, not very enthused about a potential James Conner bring back to a Brock Purdy stack. That would mm -hmm. be Trey McBride, which I expect will be pretty chalky in DFS this week. Hollywood Brown didn't practice Wednesday, got in limited work on Thursday, and Michael Wilson, I'm, remember I'm him. I'm tired of that guy. I'm tired of Hollywood Brown. <laughs> Tired of him, well, man. maybe you get Michael Wilson in your lineup then. Looks like he might return this week. He's been out for a while with a neck injury. I know in the Kings Classic, I've been stashing him on the, uh, the old IR for a long time. Washington, the Commandos, as Mr. C likes to call them, they are at SoFi to take on the Rams. Per Chris Wex, five stats to know. Cooper Cup has out-targeted Puka Nakua in each of the past two weeks, which has not happened since Coop first returned in weeks five and six. So I think either one of those guys, you're playing them. Obviously, I mean, maybe if you're out, you're debating. It's wheels up for the entire Rams offense this week. Over the last five weeks, uh, the commanders have given up the most schedule-adjusted fantasy points to slot wide receivers. They've given up the most schedule-adjusted fantasy points over that span to quarterbacks. So Matthew Stafford's a top-five option this week. Um like no team is pressuring quarterbacks at a lower rate over that five week span. All since the commanders traded Montez sweat, it is wheels up for the entire Rams offense. This is probably going to be the most popular DFS stack game of the, of the, of the week with Stafford cup, Nakua and Kyron Williams all being chalky. And then of course, it's very easy to bring back with a Curtis Samuel 
You know, um, by the way, Brian Robinson, it doesn't look like he's going to play this week. Maybe you bring back with a little Antonio Gibson. You could even maybe stack Sam Howell and Curtis Samuel and use the Rams skill players. So there, there's a lot of permutations you can use with this game. Hey, I'm not going to say I'm the DFX at DFS expert. Check out cashing points later. But I have to imagine this Rams game is going to be incredibly popular because of all the permutations you can create with the players in this game. And you know what I like to do in, in weeks like this? I always will build another lineup that's totally off this game because there's going to be so much steam on this game and everyone's like, oh, yeah, get everybody and their brother in this game. So I like to build another one to kind of forget about this one in case it ends, you know, 13-6. But, yeah, folks, if you need a running back, Antonio Gibson, see if he's on your waiver wire. Super deep league, Chris Rodriguez. If you get, you know, points for going under 10 yards, who knows? Yeah. He might be able to help you out. The game of the week. Whoo! Dallas in Orchard Park, a balmy Orchard Park on Sunday, Joe, in the high 40s, low 50s Orchard Park. I can't believe it. James Cook, he's going off per Jake Tribby's DFS first look. Since week 10, James Cook has earned a 62% snap share and 58% backfield usage inside the 10. In the Cook's first nine games, he only had a 29% snap share. Yep. And 21% of the backfield looks inside the 10. So in the three games with Joe Brady at OC, Cook is up seven fantasy points per game and nearly 30 yards a game. We talked about him last week. I mean, this is a guy you just plug him in the lineup and move on. The thing that annoys me about it uh, right now is they're getting Ty Johnson involved. You don't need to get both Ty Johnson and Latavius Murray involved, okay? Not, not, not both of them, but James Cook is doing plenty, and he can pop in any game script. So if they're playing from ahead, they're favored in this game. Uh, if they're playing from behind, James Cook can create uh, for them. Here's the good news for Josh Allen this week, Drake. The Bills obviously are have a tough matchup against the Cowboys pass rush, but in the three games this year in which Josh Allen has been pressured the most above expectation by quarterback pressure rate over expectation, he has a rushing touchdown in each of those three games. Hmm. So he can get it done with his legs in a game where he's under heavy pressure. He can get it done with his legs in a game where he's not under heavy pressure. But in this game, you would think that he has a good chance to get into the end zone on the ground as he's running for his life. Yeah, and Dallas has a couple of injuries in that secondary. That Philly game... Uh... Well, as easy as it was from the wind, took a toll. Mm. Let me ask you this. Last thing on this game, because basically just start everybody. Is Gabe Davis worth rostering in fantasy football season long right now? Yeah, only because, like, for instance, if you have a, a situation like you and I, you know, Keenan Allen goes down in week 15, Gabe Davis might give me a goose egg. He also might go for eight for 100 and a touchdown. Like, that. Gabe, those are the two outcomes, right? Gabe Davis, I'm looking at his fantasy points. He has... Three of his last five weeks, he scored zero. Week six, he scored 0.1. And week seven, he scored 0.6. I mean, I could do that. I could go run wind sprints. But could you go Could you go nine for 110 and a touchdown the way he did against the Eagles? You know, like, you know, that's yeah, that's Gabe Davis. He is the perfect example of a number three receiver who's playing a number two role. Back in my old flag football days, Sunni Oswego, Joe. I tell you, I could fly. All right, you know who else can fly? Flying was never part of my uh, – I, I was never fast. Well, a guy who who's fast enough is Christian Kirk. He's in Jacksonville hosting those Ravens on Sunday Night Football and per our guy Scott Barrett's Everything Report, which you guys should check out every single week. Jacksonville's target distribution became a lot more condensed in Week 14. Zay Jones had a 28% target share, followed by Calvin Ridley's 26 
Evan Ingram's 24%. 78% of Trevor Lawrence's passes went to those receivers because Christian Kirk's not playing. So maybe DFS purposes, if you're in a uh, season-long league and you're really dying and you think, hey, okay, Zay Jones, I'm going to take a shot on you. That's where the, the ball's going in Jacksonville, those three dudes. Yep. Um, what do you think about Parker Washington, by the way? I can't do it. I can't go there. Maybe uh, he, super he's looked deep pretty league. good, though, man. I know. This is the week, yeah, you go to him and he catches two balls for 12 yards. I don't know. Oh. I got to go somewhere. I mean, well, he, caught two, he caught two balls last week, but one of them was a really good touchdown. Um, but, you know, with Christian Kirk out, it, they, they need somebody to do that. So uh, good on him. Uh, I don't know. Against this Raven defense, that secondary has been excellent. Probably not a spot where I'm, I'm going to Parker Washington. For Baltimore, you're probably going to roll out Zay Jones. OBJ seems to be playing you know, his most inspired football since he caught a ball off his helmet. But I want to ask you, Joe, about Keaton Mitchell. We talked about him kind of taking over this backfield at some point. Uh, you know, last week, nine carries, 54 yards. You know, we're not seeing him get in the end zone the last three weeks. He's not doing a whole lot as a receiver, two for eight. You know, like I, I got spots where I, I could play him in PPR, but I don't know if I can do it. The problem here is Gus Edwards is useless unless they're right on top of the goal line. Um, and then, you know, you sit Gus Edwards, and that's the week they get two opportunities on top of the goal line. Here is the big problem for Keaton Mitchell. It's kind of similar, but just to a much worse extent to what I just mentioned with Buffalo. Why is Ty Johnson and Latavius Murray involved? Well, with Keaton Mitchell, why is Justice Hill leading this backfield in snaps? They Ridiculous. have to trust him in pass protection. That has to be the reason. Whenever mm -hmm. whenever you see that, you're like, why is Kenny Gainwell leading the Eagles backfield in snaps? You might not agree with it, but it's because they trust him in pass protection. That's the thing. Keaton Mitchell, we can deal with two. Dealing with three is a lot harder. Gus Edwards is useless if he's not on top of the goal line, man. Useless yep. if he's not on top of the goal line. But that that that's the way it is right now with them. Yeah, I'm just looking at their snap share from last week. Gus Edwards... 27%, Justice Hill, 42% of the snaps, and Keaton Mitchell, 34 Oh, just kick me right in the balls. Like Keaton Mitchell's by far the best of these running backs. It's not even close. So and, juice. And I was like, Ravens bloggers and beat writers were like, I don't know what they what this guy has to do to get more snaps, but um, I, I think he's a, a decent flex. All right, let's end things with the Eagles at the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. You got two Birds fans here. Whew. We, uh, you know, we took it on the chin the past few weeks. Here, yeah, well, I, I think we rebound this week. I, well, here's the thing about the Eagles. And I think because the Eagles are just, they're a lightning rod for just, you know, David Carr's out here liking conspiracy theories on Twitter. And then also saying that the Eagles should bench Jalen Hurts. And, you know, Drake, the, the, I don't think any Eagle fan is going to say the team's playing well right now. There's also yeah. a decent argument to be made that they are just wiped. Mm -hmm. wiped after this stretch of games and they get an extra day to get ready for Seattle. But I, I wonder how much they, they can get back to basics here. You remember after week one, when they just, they didn't move the ball consistently against the Patriots because they didn't get Deandre Swift involved and were obsessed with getting Kenny Gainwell the mm -hmm. ball. Now, by the way, that was a kind of a precursor for the whole Eagle season. They're just going to do weird shit on both sides of the ball for no reason whatsoever. I do kind of, but then remember Deandre Swift, Ran for 175 in week two. Swift snap shares of 42% and 51% are his, the last two weeks are his lowest since week one. 
the Seahawks have given up the fourth most yards before contact per attempt on non-scramble runs over the last five weeks. That does, of course, include two matchups with the Niners, which is going to skew numbers. Nonetheless, the Eagles' offensive line is still opening holes on the ground. I would not be surprised. And believe me, I am not a run-the-ball guy like those idiots outside of the Eagles' facility, you know, as if that's the, the, the cure to all ails. I'm a right. run-the-ball-well guy. But I think there's it's also right now obvious that all they do on first down, if they don't run the ball for two yards, it's, oh, Jalen, go take a shot. Like, there's just no creativity here. And I just wonder if, like, when they cured their offense, when Nick Sirianni cured this offense in his first season as coach, it was when he apparently gave up play calling to Shane Steichen. They don't have Shane Steichen anymore. Well, remember what they did? Jalen Hurts, they were like, all right, we're throwing the ball way too much. And they didn't have A.J. Brown at that point. Mm -hmm. Let's just go and run the hell out of the football. I wouldn't be surprised if they hit the reset button this week. I think it's a great week for DeAndre Swift. I love that. I, I love the Eagles to use a little more motion too. I know that's been a big thing. Big low, big low rate. I just, I, I don't know why they have Jalen Hurts playing the game on hard mode. Yeah, and no, no, like look, and that's the big argument right now. It's like, oh, Brock Purdy's playing on easy mode. You know, Jalen Hurts was playing on easy mode last year too. You know, but you still have to execute. It's just a lot harder to execute when Jalen Hurts' entire job right now is drop back with no motion whatsoever, with long-developing routes, yeah, you have elite... Devontae Mm -hmm. Smith and A.J. Brown are two of the 10 best receivers on the planet, all right? But they still have to win. There's no... You know, Kyle Shanahan isn't going to win Coach of the Year by saying, hey, Debo, go out there and win. No, he schemes him wide-ass open for 30 yards. Brian Johnson doesn't need to be Kyle Shanahan to make things a little bit easier on Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think that's kind of the Eagles' problem right now. They're working through, and and there's seasons within seasons. And the Eagles have two really first-year coordinators calling plays for their offense and defense, and Brian Johnson uh, and Sean Desai. And, and I don't, I think there's growing pains with with both those guys right now, trying to figure out who they are and, and what they can do to get the team back on track. Not just to make this an Eagles podcast. If you know you're going to start all your Eagles. And against the oh, Eagles? Oh, yeah, you just start You start all your Eagles, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, what are we going to say? You're not – I they're struggling on offense. What are you going to do, sit Devontae Smith? No, of course not. Big week for Dallas Goddard, possibly. Got to get him going in the middle of the field. On the opposite side for Seattle, if I'm playing anybody, I'm playing Jackson Smith and Jigba. Look at this stat from Scott Barrett. JSN had a team high, 27.9% of his throws. Uh, he was targeted on last week. That was above Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant, and DK, who got tossed out of the game. Now, this is a JSN who's going into the slot, and he's going to go against a defense allowing the most fantasy points to opposing passing games. I don't care who the Eagles put in the slot against him. You know, Bradley Roby, Reggie Roby, you know, Roby Anderson. It doesn't matter. He's going to score, and I think he's going to have a big week. Uh, and, you know, I don't trust the backfield in Seattle. I don't trust Charbonnet. I don't trust Ken Walker. I, who knows how healthy he ever is. But, uh, you know, if I got to play Ken Walker, I am. I'm going to try to lean away from Charbonnet if I have other options. Yeah, it's. It, I, I still think that Eagle run defense will be better. But, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is a good option. They don't have a great tight end, which certainly um, – hurts against this team by the way we haven't even mentioned geno smith practiced in a limited fashion on thursday so it looks like he's probably going to go in this game but you know 
Is he going to be gimpy? Is he going to be limited? The Eagles need to get that pass rush going more so than anything. Yeah, the Eagles can't win on third down. They're the worst third down team in the NFL uh, on defense, and they're just not creating a pass rush. So what can you do? Well, Joe, that just about wraps her up here. Uh, what If you could win one league this week, week 15 of the playoffs, which league do you want to get a W in? Which league? Um, I'm going to go with my brother-in-law and my sister's league, um, where I was the top-scoring team but finished fifth. Um, I'm seven and seven, but it's got a good payout. I already won five hundred dollars for um, most points. I wanna, I, I wanna show them that they were dumb for inviting me to the league. <laughs> I love it. I've got a buy in the Kings Classic. I'm the number two seed, so I don't have to worry about that. Alcoholic haze. I got to get that W as the commissioner and uh, you know, longstanding voice of reason amongst all my friends. So, folks, we hope you go out and get a W this week so that you tune in next week and you're asking questions about lineups to set. We thank you so much for joining us all year long. It's such a pleasure to be here with you guys each and every week. Uh, whether you listen to the podcast, you catch a clip on social, YouTube, wherever you find the Fantasy Points Podcast Network, we do really, really appreciate it. And I know I put it out on Twitter the other day. I'm so honored to be here and be a part of this group. So, folks, let's go get that W. Well, let's come back here next week. We'll reconvene and we'll get ready to put our asses in the championship game. For Dolan, I'm Drake. We'll see you next time in the Two Points Dance. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.